Hi guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the dreaded topic of acne. I have had acne on and off since I was in high school. I finally feel like, fingers crossed, it is cleared up. Uh, it has been a very long journey and I wanted to get into all the steps and all the things that went right and wrong in clearing my skin. It's been a very, very long journey with many, many missteps. So let's talk about acne. Welcome to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Fragging, and I'm here to help you filter out all the bullshit and become the next It Girl. This podcast explores the reality of what it really takes to make it out there. As it turns out, it is way less Instagrammable than I thought it was going to be. I'm still very much a work in progress, but there's simply nothing else I'd rather be doing than chasing my dreams. So let's learn from my mistakes and work together to achieve our dreams with more confidence, clarity, and direction. Let's get after it. All right, so my acne journey starts all the way back in high school. I think around freshman year, I started having acne. I didn't even realize it was acne. I was like, why do I have freckles? It progressively got worse from there. Like every other teen girl, I was put on birth control to help my acne. Didn't do shit. Eventually, it got to the point my acne was so severe. My friend at the time, her mom is a doctor and saw me without makeup and was so concerned about what had happened. She thought maybe I, I'd been hit or something. And I was like, oh no, that's just my acne. And she sent me to her colleague who was a dermatologist. I was put on doxycycline. Then I acne kind of seemed at bay enough for a high schooler. You know, hormones are a lot, whatever. We jumped forward a little bit and probably about five years. I am in college. I had, this is not a recommended step. I had leftover doxycycline from when I had taken it and I just started taking it again, unprescribed, not uh, recommended at all because my skin in college had returned to kind of this like unbalanced acne. I had no routine for my skin, except for the fact that I would wash my face with Cetaphil and I would take my makeup off with a Neutrogena wipe and that was it. I was really good about making sure I always got my makeup off. I was extremely picking my acne, like extremely, probably to the point that it was like an anxiety compulsion a little bit. I like couldn't not pick it out, which made it worse, led to scarring, all this stuff. And I really fucked up my own skin by making it worse, by picking it, whatnot. But I put myself back on the doxycycline. Again, not a recommended step. Through college, it kind of went up and down. However, this is like 2016, 17, where makeup trends were very, very heavy. So I was able to conceal that I might not have had the best skin, definitely not the worst skin at the time. But because the makeup trend was so heavy, I don't think anyone really noticed and it was very easy to conceal. And honestly, it didn't even really bother me that much. I was kind of just like, yeah, like I don't have great skin, whatever. Like it was such a minute thing to me. However, fast forward a little bit to I've graduated college and I've picked the fuck out of my skin. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's something I can do about this. I 
got through treatments of microneedling, which is a wonderful treatment. I highly recommend. It's very painful, though. I will say it's they're poking the fuck out of your skin with like a little needle to rejuvenate it so that you produce new-ish baby-looking skin. It's not comfortable. They do numb you. It's not like you're not numb, but it's um, not the most comfortable treatment. The recovery, you kind of look like Freddy Krueger, is not great. So I did microneedling. It helped the scarring, but I was still getting acne and whatnot. So it was like, I was kind of like fixed like trying to cover up the scars of a problem that would still recur. So it's like I fixed the some scarring, but I was still getting new acne, which I would pick out. And then I would have to eventually fix that again. So it, I was just creating a very expensive cycle of acne and scarring. So I didn't really do it in the right order. In 2020, as I've talked about in the podcast, I actually got a nose job and the plastic surgeon. Dr. Dan Gould, uh, my favorite human in the entire world, you know, asked me if I didn't really like my skin. And I was kind of like, eh, like, I don't know. I don't notice it. I think I'd progressively just been in this place for so long that I was like, whatever. Yeah. Like I don't have great skin. And he was like, yeah, well, like we could fix that. And so he really did help me at the time. We did two rounds of clear and brilliant, which is a light form of fraxel lasering. I couldn't tell you the science behind it, which did give me some acne relief. And then I again started doing microneedling. Like at the time, right before the nose job, like it was like I had acne, but it wasn't like that bad. I, I could cover it up. If you're watching on YouTube, I have a photo of it. I'm wearing makeup in the photo, but you can still see like I just have a very uneven skin tone. Like it's just a little bumpy. It's not like anything like, oh my God, this acne, but like it's noticeable. And then post uh, nose job and whatnot, and we were working to clear it up. Like it did clear up a little bit and it, it stayed workable already. And like, I didn't really have a problem with it. And I thought, oh, well, I did those two rounds of clear and brilliant. I am taking better care of my skin with like a more adult regiment, whatnot. So then I can go back to doing microneedling and fixing the scars, which is what I thought the issue really was. Returned to microneedling and about halfway through that treatment, I was supposed to do three microneedlings. So around after I left the second time, I it was like two weeks after and I realized I was like, Oh no, I'm I'm still getting acne, so I should probably not do microneedling again because when you have microneedling done, they have to avoid the spots that you have active acne because that can lead to bacteria spreading or whatnot. And I was like, oh, like I have a lot of acne right now. I should probably shouldn't go do it. And then it kind of just like I know it seems so stupid, hit me that I was like, if I'm getting active acne all the time in between these, like and I'm constantly trying to fix the scar. It's like putting a Band-Aid on like a leaking building. Like it's just going to keep on going. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm just going to stop microneedling for the time being. And like it was okay. And I, I was still looking for like some kind of solution. I, I went on some topical medicines that were prescribed and it was it was fine. But late 2021, 
going into 2022, it had returned to like the original state pre-nose job, like uneven texture, kind of just always having like four or five pimples and they were they were big and I and I was picking them. And this is when I started to really try to change my skin because I feel like TikTok became a thing. I was like learning about skin a lot more. And I was like, I really want to fix my acne now. It's so interesting. Like before it was brought to my attention, I was not like so determined to fix it. But then once it became like to my attention, I realized what the issue was and it wasn't really the scarring. It was truly the acne. I was like, I want to fix this. So between late 21 and 2022, I developed like a real adult skin routine that was built for my skin needs, which was at the time double cleansing. I used the Skin Fix Plus, which I still use today, and then Youth to the People face wash, which was great because these it just ripped off all the makeup and they were really gentle and they kept my skin really clear for the most part of just building up bacteria or just dirtiness. And then this is at the same time I discovered the beautiful acne patches, which were, if I had had these in high school when I had that massive acne, holy crap, that would have been a game changer. I mean, I feel like everyone knows about acne patches, but they just suck the gunk out of your skin. And I started using those like a lot. I'm not kidding you, like all over the face, like anywhere I even thought I was getting acne, I would put them on my face. And Hero makes a bigger one that I would just leave. My cheeks has always been my battery, which is also a sign of hormone imbalance. Maybe we'll get to that. But I just put them there and have it just suck out the gunk. Big fan of acne patches. I started using Fade to help the scarring. That stuff smells nasty, works like a charm. However, do not put it under an acne patch. It will leave your skin in the shape of the acne patch. Like it will leave a red impression. So if you're using Fade, avoid that uh, space for the patches. Fade's great for working out the scarring. And then a huge thing that I really think helped my acne at this point was the Zoe Skin Oil Control Pads. These have selactic acid in them and that just really calms the acne. You do have to be kind of consistent with them and they are a little bit at a higher price point. But I was kind of like, okay, if I'm taking care of my skin for real, I I can live with this. And it like did improve for a while. So then summer 2022, uh, I go on a cruise with my family and I end up getting this humidity I don't know, whatever, this massive pimple while I'm on this cruise with my family. I've been like waiting for this vacation and I popped the fuck out of it and I like scarred up my face so bad. It was so embarrassing. And I was like, all right, I've had it. This is my last straw. Like I've tried so hard for years to not care about it or just been like, it is what it is. Now I've had People try to help me. It's it's not helping. Like, I've had it. I, I'm going to do something about this. So I went and I looked for a new dermatologist. And also, I want to note that, like, I felt weird 
talking to doctors about this. Like I didn't want to bring up my skin. I didn't want to ask for skin help. Like I felt very resistant for some reason. So I found a new dermatologist. And the reason I wanted to go to this new dermatologist was because they did this procedure called the OviClear. Now, OviClear was supposed to be this new alternative to Accutane. And I was like, beautiful. That is what I need because I really don't want to go on Accutane. I've heard there's all these horrible mental side effects. You can't drink. It's really hard on your body. So like OviClear, like I'm going to do that. So I messaged my best friend about it. We were talking back and forth about it. I was like, it's kind of expensive. Should I do it? And she was like, I think you should just do it because you'll regret not doing it. And she was like, but let's do some research. And I was like, okay, great. So we both went through, and OviClear was very new at the time. This is like end of 2022 fall. And we went deep in Reddit reviews online, anything we could find, TikToks about OviClear. And the reviews are so, so, so positive. And I was like, amazing. This is the moment. I want to do OviClear. So I went to this new dermatologist. I said, you know, I she saw my skin. She totally agreed. I was a great candidate for it. And, you know, I started OviClear. Three grand later, three treatments. It's not a comfortable treatment at all. It's not the most uncomfortable. I think clear and brilliant hurts and micro petting is hurts. And then this is like somewhere in there, but it's maybe not the worst. It's definitely not the best. So I start OviClear. I have a photo from right before I start OviClear. Like you can just tell, like I just have little acne, like here and there, clusters. It was probably very hormonal. And yeah, I just, I was sick of it just always popping up in a different place. It felt like every day consistently. But like, no, I didn't have like raging huge blemishes that were massive. It was just very consistently like all over my face in like different places. And I was like, I've had it. We're doing this. So I go in, I do the OviClear. And I actually have a photo too of what it looked like right after. I'm like very red. I look like a beet. Maybe not like a beet, but it's pretty red. It looks like I have a severe sunburn. And that lasts for about two days. Maybe halfway through my OviClear, I only did three appointments. I was like, it's kind of getting better. And I was like, yeah, it seems to be improving. And then when I went in for my third one, I was like, I'm really breaking out like again. And they were like, don't worry. This is just your skin being pissed off. You've hit your sebaceous glands, which is true in Accutane too. And we've told them they need to become smaller. So they're pissed off and they're like breaking out because they're like, we're not, you know, we're not built for this anymore. And they're like, it's normal to break out. And I was like, okay, I think that's kind of weird, but I'll, it, that kind of makes sense. Like I'll just go with it. So I go for my third OviClear treatment. And usually around two weeks after I'd go, I'd notice a change. And this one, I was like, it's still getting worse. I was like, oh my God, like it is, now it's getting really worse. So around, that was probably like end of summer, August. And by November, I was like, what the fuck? Now I have like severe acne and it's only continually getting worse through December. And I'm like, 
I literally think we made my skin worse than it was before. And looking back at the photos, it is worse than before. And I'm like, why did that happen? And it's not like I didn't wait three months for it to like go down. I, I waited. So I ended the the last Avi Clear appointment in August. And until January, my skin was horribly broken out. I mean, the worst it had been since maybe the first time I had had acne in high school where, you know, my friend, my friend's mom was concerned I was being hit or something. I mean, so bad, so painful, so big, so uncontainable. I have a photo of that as well, like especially along my chin. And I was just like, how did AviClear make this so much fucking worse? And I went back to Dr. Dan Gould because I really trust him. And I was kind of like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I fucked up. Like, why is my skin like this? And I'm like, really upset because I feel like we did this research and it's just so bad. And he was like, you know, I have helped, tried to help with your skin and whatnot, but like, I really think this is better suited for a friend of mine who I went to medical school with. She's actually a dermatologist. So he sent me to Dr. Hibashi. I went to go see her and she was like, yeah, I think you need to do Accutane. And I was like, wow. The fact that I probably could have just done Accutane first instead of trying to bypass it by doing AviClear, making my skin worse, pissed me off so much. And I was also very frustrated with that other dermatologist because I was like, my skin's worse. Like, why is it not getting better? I didn't feel like they were really trying to help me after it gotten worse. And now I've landed exactly where I didn't want to end up, which was on Accutane. And here I am about to start Accutane. So January 23, I have a photo of this too. This is right before I start Accutane. I think this is literally the day before I went for my first Accutane appointment. And here we are. I mean, I had so many reservations about Accutane. I'd heard horrible things about the mental side effects. Obviously, I didn't want to drink alcohol. I didn't want the dry lips. On top of it, doing Accutane, like the warning label is like the size of a blown up like CVS receipt. Like it goes all the way down the street and around the corner. Like it's long. Not to mention that, you know, you have to do blood work and a pregnancy test like every month. It's a shit ton. And I was like, I, I don't want to do this, but like what else is there to do at this point? So I shared all my reservations with Dr. Hibashi. She was really like, I really think you should do this. We'll do it to, you know, six months to a year. And I was like, fuck it. We're just going to go for it. So got all the good paperwork going. And I started my Accutane journey, which I wish I had documented as well as I had documented the AviClear because it actually did work for me. I mean, I, I'll take a photo of me no makeup so you can see my skin now, but like my skin is like never been this good. I didn't document it probably because I was so bitter about what had happened during AviClear and I had documented, I was going to make a whole TikTok series about my skin on AviClear and how like it got healed and like it actually got way worse. So I did not feel inclined to, to document my Accutane treatment. So I have way less photos, but you can see the photo from start. I'm just super broken out. It's just really red. I'm still picking the fuck out of it. 
just very agitated skin. I mean, they're not massive. I always had the acne problem. They were tiny and everywhere. Going on Accutane, they tell you to stop like a lot of your skin uh, routine. You know, they're, it's very like strict to be basic because there's already so much going on with your skin. The only thing she really told me from my current skin routine that I should continue to use was the skin uh, fix barrier cleanser and just a moisturizer. The side effects I experienced while on Accutane that first month, I have never had back pain like that in my life. It felt like just like an aching back like all the time with occasional spasm. It did go away after like I want to say the second month, but yeah, it was not comfortable. They say with Accutane that they're only really worried about you being suicidal. I felt as though my anxiety increased a lot that first two months. It could have been life. It could have been other things. But I was – I'm convinced from my experience it might have been entertained by the Accutane. But that, you know, really isn't considered a side effect, which were the things I was concerned about for going on it. It took about three months till I started experiencing like the super – dry lips. And I will say one of the things that I did to like prepare myself for Accutane is I watched a shit ton of YouTube videos about what products to use. And some of it was helpful in the moment and some of it was not helpful in the moment. So here are a few things that like really helped me get through Accutane. I did use the Laneige lip mask at night just to try to calm that. They tell you not to use fragrant stuff. I don't know why, and I definitely didn't. It seemed fine. I used the Glossier Balm.com lip gloss or gloss or whatever, chapstick. I don't know what it's called. That was a lifesaver for me because I could put that, the Balm.com birthday one, because that's clear, and I could put it everywhere on my lips and like it didn't taste bad. It didn't smell bad. I didn't care about having it on. That was a lifesaver for me during the beginning of Accutane. Then when my lips did get really chapped, the doctor recommended to me Dr. Dan's Cordobom, which is like has some more medical stuff in it that really does help your chapped lips. This stuff works so well. It tastes horrible. So I did alternate between that and the birthday balm.com glossier lip gloss or lip balm. Good old Vaseline, of course, that helps. And a side effect that had been mentioned to me was that your skin gets really dry, like your body skin, because like it's obviously not working on just your face. They can't tell it not to just work on your face or whatnot. I didn't really experience that dry of skin Elsewhere, I was like very lucky that it was only my lips, but I will say the Hydro Boost Lotion by Neutrogena was helpful, I think. And then I did notice like my cuticles around my nails, my hands just like felt drier. So the Norwegian um, Neutrogena hand cream was also, it's very, these are like very affordable price points and like that just really helped to make the experience a little bit more pleasant 
more able to just accept it. You know, and I have to say that after three months, I really, of course, I always notice my chap lips. It was so minor to me that I was on Accutane. I was like, whatever, like, it's just not as big of a deal. Being on Accutane really, like, tailored some of my drinking habits as well because I was like, well, I'm not supposed to be drinking. I I did drink, I'm not going to lie, but I did lower the amount of alcohol I was consuming. And honestly, I feel like that wasn't the worst thing. And I also had an excuse for not drinking a lot. And it was a great excuse. I'm on Accutane. I can't drink that. All in all, my experience with acne has been a very long, long road. It did not – I wasted a lot of money, a lot of time, like, doing these treatments that didn't really serve me until I found – the right dermatologist to really truly fix the problem with so much care. And just because I found something online or thought this was a good idea for me doesn't mean it was as the Clear really blew up. The one thing I do really want to point out that I wish I had been more mature isn't even like the right world, just like an adult enough to be like, you know, my skin bothers me and I want to, you know, seek a dermatologist to fix it, not being so shy about it. I really wish that I had just come forward seeking help for it instead of just like beating around the bush when I clearly was bothered by it. So, you know, if you're struggling with acne, I hope this episode has helped you hear some of the do's and don'ts that I did as as well as maybe what all these procedures were like. So I'm off Accutane now for about a month and, you know, I am on topical creams to like help make sure it doesn't come back. And, you know, it seems to be going good. So I really hope that I am ending this chapter on Accutane. Thank you guys so much for listening to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. You can find us on YouTube and TikTok as well. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.